I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive career coach and host of Breakthroughs, Smart Strategies for Business and Career Growth. Today, I'm delighted to have Patty Sellers as my guest on the show. Patty is an award-winning writer, interviewer, multimedia journalist, and an expert on leadership. And she's here to talk about leadership impact and the art of telling a great story. Patty co-founded and chaired the Most Powerful Woman Summit and helped build it to become Fortune Magazine's largest and most valuable franchise. Patty left her position recently as Fortune's assistant managing editor after several decades of interviewing dozens of the most important people in the world to become an entrepreneur. She's the co-CEO and co-founder of Sellers Easton Media. Sellers Easton Media captures and curates the stories behind the lives, times, and accomplishments of successful organizations and individuals. Before starting Sellers Easton Media, Patty wrote more than 20 fortune cover stories and earned the trust of countless CEOs and other global leaders, including Warren Buffett, Melinda Gates, Rupert Murdoch, Ted Turner, and Oprah Winfrey to do exclusive and definitive profiles. Welcome to Breakthroughs, Patty. I'm delighted to have you here. I'm so glad to be here, Beth. I know you've asked this question to many famous people, and I'd like to pose it back to you, the same question. And that is, where does real power come from? So <laughs> this is a definition um, that I have evolved over the last, I would say, quarter of a century, because that's how long I've been covering powerful women. I, you know, I interviewed Oprah early on and asked her what I started asking people, what is power? And Oprah gave me my favorite definition of power at the time, my favorite definition, which was power is the ability to impact with purpose. Real power is personal power. Real power is the power you have outside of your job description and your official platform and your official tenure. And if you lose your job this afternoon and can get up tomorrow and look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I powerful? If you can Mm -hmm. say yes to that question, then you have real power. What personality traits would you ascribe to yourself that enabled you to get your foot in the door with all these incredibly famous people? I just don't burn bridges. And I gained a reputation for being trustworthy. I went about profiling very powerful people in a way that was a bit unconventional in that I really tended to get at sort of the heart and soul of these people. And I talked to them as people. You know, I got to know Warren Buffett very well early on, and I would consider him a a friend now. And he is as regular a guy with a brilliant mind, but a regular guy in so many ways. And these people are regular people. You know, these leaders were, you know, started out like the rest of us and learned along the way. And no leader is a born leader. And I think the more you treat people like regular people, the more they tend to trust you. So, but, (laughs) but, but outside of that, like just the demeanor and the approach, I mean, it was a lot of letter writing and, oh my gosh, when Martha Stewart went to prison, uh, which was in late 2004, uh, 
to into early 2005 and I was trying to get the first interview with her when she got out of prison for, you know, she went to prison for five months for um, lying to investigators about a, about a stock trade and she got convicted. And, right. And I was trying to get the interview and I, I knew her pretty well and I, you know, kind of befriended her assistant or chief of staff and her chief of staff allowed me to send magazines to her along with notes in the mm-hmm. Friday package that she sent down to West Virginia every, every week. And I sent her fortune was part of time incorporated, which had, you know, people and in style and real simple and time and, and fortune. And, and I would send Martha magazines, which, you know, she really appreciated there in her jail cell. <laughs> What was your big idea? The yeah. big idea, Beth, was that we live in the era of storytelling. This is a time when, because of a proliferation of digital platforms, like the one we're on right now to reach your audience, anyone can tell their story, reach whatever audience they would like to reach. And you know, Facebook, Twitter, Medium, LinkedIn, uh, podcasts, which were not quite proliferating the way they are today. But if you want to tell your story, you can do it. But what's missing? (laughs) Really high quality facilitators who can help you write, do videos, do films. We do documentary films. We produce podcasts for companies and interview you if you want to capture your story for your next generation of your family or the next generation of your company. So we can do it. We're a multimedia content creation firm. And what we say is that we tell stories of leadership and impact. So we do a ton of work for Fortune 500 companies, startups, investment firms, nonprofit organizations, and then a lot of families, mostly like wealthy families who want to capture their matriarch or patriarch story for the children and grandchildren. We do filmed interviews and family films and all that kind of stuff. It's it's brilliant. I don't know of anyone else out there that's doing it to that level. We don't either. Now, speaking of storytelling, how do you craft a compelling story, one where you grab the audience's attention and pull them in and make them care about what you have to say? Beth, the answer to your question is that if you're if you want to tell a wonderful story about a person or a family, you need to find the the kind of heart and soul and um, human core. Um, And that includes the vulnerabilities and the challenges and the fears and the hopes and dreams that were fulfilled and not fulfilled and, and getting at how they felt about certain crossroads and turning points of their lives. So you got to get at the heart and soul. There is a narrative arc to every story that you can't, that, that, people often don't really understand. Stories have to have beginnings 
And middles and middles always involve some kind of a conflict or a challenge or a tension. It's something that you have to get beyond, get through, um, move over, uh, move beyond, and and an end. And the the end is either a, a a happy end or a sad end. But you need to you need to cover that narrative arc. And then the mm-hmm. the challenge for the storyteller is to see the forest for the trees and the reason most people aren't able to tell their own stories very well is because they can't step outside their own lives and that's not a that's not a fault it's something that is very very hard to do if you're living your life and you need to get sort of above your life and look at it holistically and that's that's what we do I find it really interesting that tension is such a critical part of telling a great story. Because in life, we often try to avoid tension. We don't want stress. We don't want conflict. But the reality is, there's always going to be tension and conflict. But it's what we do with it. How do we relate to it? How do we react and respond to it? So those in the workplace who can showcase that there was a conflict, there was a problem in the organization, may it be with a system, or maybe with product or service, but that you stepped in and that you were able to, to solve the problem, become a part of the solution to it. So your organization was able to move forward and advance, help the organization advance its strategic financial goals, whatever they may be. You become known as a creative problem solver, and that is a widely sought after positive character trait. So it's really cool. I can see why tension is, is, makes you vulnerable in a, in a story about oneself. It makes you more interesting. It makes you more relatable. But when it comes to tension in, in the narrative, talking about your transfer, transferable skills, it's really an opportunity to showcase your accomplishments, what you were able to overcome, and how you helped others overcome a challenge. So let's not avoid tension. Let's embrace it and see where we can help out and make a positive difference. Are you interested in making a career transition? Do you know how to discover your options, how to leverage your network? Do you have strategies for that? Are you a great storyteller in terms of telling your business narrative in a way that will be compelling and succinct and memorable to a prospective employer? If you want to know what it will take to identify the right job fit and discover your options and then be able to not just get your foot in the door, but know how to make yourself memorable to a prospective hiring manager, get the job that's right for you, and then know what it will take to thrive there, this is a great time to reach out to me for career coaching. To learn more about me, go to BethKuehl.com, that's B-E-T-H-K-U-H-E-L.com, or reach out to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd be glad to set up an initial phone consultation with you. It's free of charge, and learn more about your interests, your needs, and what you'd like to accomplish, and then share with you what the possible next steps could be towards helping you actualize your career objectives. Look forward to hearing from you. Patty, what were the most important lessons you learned from the past 20 years of interviewing the most powerful women in the world? The most successful people I learned over the years did not plan their career. They kept themselves open to opportunity. And I developed this concept called the Jungle Gym, which got a fair amount of attention. And Sheryl Sandberg put it in Lean In and 
wrote a whole chapter about it, in fact, and kindly gave me credit. The idea is that don't think of your career as a ladder. Think of it as a jungle gym and keep your peripheral vision strong and jump to opportunities that may be lateral or even a little bit down to broaden your experience base. And that's more important than ever because, you know, the, the, the idea, as we talked about, you just don't know what the hot job is going to be tomorrow. And you have to stay flexible, agile, and looking peripherally. So that is one thing I learned. And I mean, quite frankly, as I got to know a lot of the women in Silicon Valley, women at startups like Google and Facebook early on, Sheryl Sandberg and Marissa Meyer and Susan Wojcicki and, you know, Susan is running YouTube now. And but this was like fairly early on at these companies. And then I got to know some of the female founders in Silicon Valley and the tech world. A lot of them literally said to me, like, Patty, you're you're an entrepreneur inside fortune and, you know, building most powerful women and you know, there was an ever large and a bigger and bigger team on most powerful women, but I was still, you know, kind of the front and center of it. And so many of them said, you should go out on your own. You should go out on your own. And I never did it for almost 20 years because I, I was loyal. I wanted to be the good girl. I was the good girl. And finally in 2016, Nina Easton and I had the guts to start our own company. But, you know, to answer your question, Beth, one thing I learned is that I could start my own company and it worked <laughs> and I'm happy. Patty, what was the biggest challenge so far in your career? God, that's, that is such an interesting question that I've never actually answered before. Um, Becoming a good writer was the biggest challenge in my career. And I, uh, you know, I think I almost didn't make it at Fortune. I think I could have been cut early on. And I ended up staying 36 years and getting, you know, awards and, and doing really well. When I came to Fortune, I was a really good idea person and a really good reporter, and I couldn't write. I was not a good writer at all, at all. And I learned how to write, and it was really hard. And one of the things that made me a good writer was I learned to step back from all the material in front of me and see the forest for the trees and see a story or a person that, who I was writing about holistically and literally clear the desk of all research materials, literally clear the desk so that I don't have all that in front of me and think, what do I know about this person and what's the story arc? And that's how I became a better writer. That's probably the biggest challenge I had. I really appreciate you being vulnerable here, Patty, and sharing that it was actually the writing, when you think about it, that was your greatest challenge. And that's a, somewhat of a surprise because you would think that would be a core skill set in order to get the job at Fortune. But clearly there were other traits, your ability to tell a story, to profile, to build trust, and then to accept feedback, which most likely enabled you to keep your job because you were, had a growth mindset. 
Thanks for sharing that. Patty, when it comes to interviewers, you are clearly a known entity and at the very top of your game. And if you don't mind me saying, we started out our discussion today by talking about what is power. I asked you that. And it's clear to me from listening to you that your power comes from your desire to be a curious listener and learner and that you actually seek constructive feedback and feedback of all kinds so that you could improve. And then you applied that feedback to become an excellent writer. So essentially, you sustained a career for three decades, over three decades at Fortune, because you were willing to go humble yourself and go after that skill that would balance off your other two skills. So this is a great lesson for our listeners today, because if you're going to look for a job, there's character traits such as persistence and being a curious learner and being able to you know, receive uh, feedback and criticism so that you can grow. So when you have a growth mindset, you're gonna become more successful. And, and that's kind of the outlook one needs to have because you don't necessarily have to have all the skills, but you have to have a real a urgency, if you will, to grow in the skills that you need. And essentially, Patty became a huge asset to Fortune Magazine, and not only as a writer and doing amazing cover stories of some of the most powerful people in the world, but also developing one of the most successful ventures Fortune ever had, which is the, the most powerful women's summit. Uh, I totally understand why you went off and developed uh, Sellers East of Media. You're taking what you learned there and you really gave and contributed for a long time, being the good girl, as you said. But you now are at a point where you learn so much from other people. And why not go off on your own, as so many encouraged you to do? And I wish you continued success because I know that you're an outstanding interviewer, that you'll pull out whatever is going to make a really impactful story and help people show their impact. May it be an organization's impact, individual's impact, or even people in a personal level for legacy stories. And to quote Warren Buffett, what he says about you, Patty. Oh, thank you. I love your enthusiasm and I'll repeat it so everyone can hear. Patty always gets it right. And as an entrepreneur and master of something I really value, which is the well, art Beth, of thank you. And you are a terrific interviewer. And um, I, I just really love talking storytelling with you. So thank you. If you're looking for someone to make the highest caliber piece for you, for a promotional video for your organization, for a documentary, or for a legacy piece for yourself, for a matriarch or patriarch in your family, I'm going to make sure to have a link to Sellers Easton Media to their website in my podcast notes. Thanks for listening.